Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to my first ever episode of In Bed with Maddie Webb, the podcast, live from my literal bed if you're watching this, which this is so crazy. I'm not going to lie. I've never been so nervous, which is shocking. I don't, I rarely get nervous. I do public speaking all the time. Like I'm, I don't feel nerves about that, but this is so intimidating to me. I think because I'm so used to short form content where it's like a minute of me being vulnerable and then I like go back to my life. But this is like, this is so much deeper and so much more real. And I understand like the gravity of what I want to do with this podcast and how important it is to me. And I think that's why it's been making me so nervous. But I love the name of this podcast because I think that it. I think it's one fun and funny and I think that it hints at a certain type of like sexual intimacy when actually this podcast is about emotional intimacy and vulnerability which are aka my superpowers. Um so what is this podcast about? Like what what what's the goal of this podcast? I I want this to be a place to be totally and completely vulnerable and human. I want it to be weird and sad and sometimes angry and psychotic and funny and fun and just everything that I am, all the contradictions and craziness of just being a human. Um, I want it to be a safe space to be human and I couldn't personally think of a safer space than my bed. Every week, I'm going to have a portion of this podcast dedicated to answering questions that you have, whether it be about trauma or advice or relationships, bullying, literally anything. I just want it to be a place where I can really expand and delve into things deeper with my community that I love so, so much. Um, in this episode, I'm going to tell you how my life started, some of the biggest shifts that I've experienced, and a little bit about how I radically changed the trajectory of my entire life. So dramatic, but it's very true. Um, trigger warning for anybody who has sensitivity around sexual assault, as I will be briefly mentioning it, um, just to let you know. 
So I was a completely different person when I started my career as a content creator. If you know, if you started following me earlier days, like 2020, I uh, really, um, so if you don't know, I lived in a content house and that's when I really started to grow on social media. I, I moved into the house with like 500,000 followers on TikTok though, on TikTok and like 30,000 on Instagram. And um, when I moved into this house, I was surrounded by a lot of people who were, who really had this like persona that they had on the internet. And then they had like their real life version of themselves. And they were very, two very completely different things, but I, but it was working for everybody. And so I created my own persona, which was, you know, I think, Obviously, like when you when you're on social media, you're always kind of uh, you're showing a portion of yourself. But this and this character was definitely like a portion of myself, but a very, very small, specific portion that took a lot of my energy in order to put out there. I was genuinely it felt like acting a lot of the time. Um, and now <laughs> if you would have compare the content that I was posting in 2020 versus now two completely different people, number one. And now my, my content is truly all around being authentic and truly vulnerable because of just everything that I've been through and how I feel that my purpose has completely shifted from when I began this journey on social media. I, I decided to do this podcast. Um, it was, it was interesting. I, was I had met these girls um, in social media and we started to become friends. And about like five or six months into our friendship, we had a sleepover. And during the sleepover, for the first time, I kind of opened up to them about a little bit of my childhood, a little bit of what happened to me in the content house, just like a little bit of my religious trauma. And she looked at me in dead in the face and goes, wow nobody knows you at all and she was so right and that is what inspired me to one start this podcast and to call this episode the very first episode nobody knows me because I think it's time for that to change and it's very exciting it's very nerve-wracking that night I stayed up until 5 a.m I sat on her balcony and I looked at the stars of the moon and I cried and I was just thinking how crazy it is that I have built this platform of almost 3 million people and they have no idea why I am the person I am and what I had to do to get to this point. And that was when, that was when it, I was like, it's time because I spent so long not wanting to speak from a wound. I, I was healing for so long and I, I didn't want to speak from that place of still being so wounded by the things that have happened to me. And I, I have spent the past year and a half healing to the point where I can truly speak on my experience and look at it as a scar instead of a wound. And my friend Emmeline made that analogy to me and I've never forgotten it because it is so beautiful. So a little bit about me. I was born in Kansas City, Missouri in 1998. I'm 24 years old and I grew up in a biracial family. I'm the oldest of four daughters, so I've always been incredibly responsible. And my grandparents are immigrants from India. So I grew up half Indian, half white. 
um, in an extremely religious environment and community. And I really did not enjoy childhood. <laughs> I felt like I had all the responsibilities of being an adult, but none of the privileges. I love love having three sisters. They are literally the light of my life. They're the reason I work so hard and my closest confidence. I'm literally obsessed with them, but it took so much to get to that point with my with my sisters. Um, We have been through so much together. I've had a job since I was 12 years old. I've always taken care of my sisters. My parents worked a lot when we were younger and we would have babysitters up until I was around 12. And then that's when I started taking care of my sisters. Um, I nannied the neighbors um, until I turned 14. And then I got a catering job and I worked as a dishwasher. And then when I was 16, I worked at Target, et cetera, et cetera. So just, I just want to tell you that because I have literally been working my entire life. I know how to work. Um, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home where it was very important that we appeared like the perfect family as as you know if you grew up in a patriarchal culture and I felt extremely isolated and unsure if my experiences were real or normal because I could not share them with anybody I didn't have many friends. I was heavily involved in the church. I went about three to five times a week. I served on the worship team all growing up. It was genuinely my life. Uh, I was bullied very frequently. Um, I went to three different schools. I went to a public school, a Christian school, and then a Catholic school. So I got I got to see a range of different perspectives on religion and other things. And the bullying was the bullying was different for me because it kind of started with a few of my teachers. Um, my my one teacher specifically in like seventh and eighth grade would publicly shame me for the things I was wearing, despite the fact that I was wearing the same thing as another girl. But I was constantly wearing the same things as the other girls. But my body just developed quicker. I looked different. I went to a Christian school, and it was just very, very, very. Um, I was heavily sexualized from a young age before I even knew what I looked like. And so the bullying trickled down into, obviously, my peers. And so that's why I left my first school. Kind of the same reason I left my second school as well. And then this third school, I was like, F this. I don't care about friends at this point. And I ended up going half the day to school and half the day to a business school where I also had an internship. So I interned half the day, mainly my senior year of high school. And I was just very alone all the time. I also like my social interactions were extremely limited and my access to the social world as well, because I didn't have Wi-Fi until I was 16. So, and I wasn't really allowed to have social media. So I was very limited in the access that I had to the secular world. And then also my my parents were like, they're strict and then there's beyond strict. Like I wasn't allowed to go to football games unless my parents were with me and I also had to sit with them. So it was pretty hard for me to make friends when I was younger. My, my mom was extremely concerned with what I wore and I would get in trouble for 
everything to do with vanity, for putting on too much lip gloss. Everything, you know, was I, I was focused too much on my vanity, which is so funny. I mean, like, look at my life. This was bound to happen. Um, confidence, just just generally like confidence and feeling beautiful were not was not something that was encouraged in my childhood at all. And I learned how to minimize myself and obey from a very young age, despite and, and it's there's so many layers to this as well. I, I and this will this will make sense more as this story goes on. But despite me not wanting to go to private schools, I was the oldest of four daughters, and that was a lot of money. And so there's this scholarship program when you're in pri private schools. I don't know if you any of you know about this, but it's called work study. But it's basically like a kind of like a scholarship program where I had to work at the school in order to go to the school. So like I would literally work as a lunch lady and I would work at the concession stands and I did all kinds of like odd jobs at the school, which obviously made it even more difficult to make friends. Like my only social period, I was working at the school and, and like I also had a real job. I had a lot of, I had a lot of interesting jobs, but at this point, like by high school, I was just like so ready to get out of that town. I was literally doing anything possible to just leave. So I sang opera in high school to get scholarships and I ended up getting a scholarship to go to Belmont University in Nashville. And that's kind of like where I decided I wanted to go when I turned 16. But uh, honestly, like I just wanted to leave. Um, and Nashville felt like a place where I didn't care about college. I just cared about leaving. And Nashville felt like a place where, okay, I can go to college, but I can also my whole goal was to just get as much work experience as humanly possible and and just leave Missouri, leave Missouri and never go back, which I did successfully. Um, thank you. My inner child is very grateful for that. So by the, but I actually ended up dropping out of Belmont University about two years in, but by that time I had about I had about seven internships um, by the time that I dropped out. And so I got all I, I the reason I dropped out was because I was getting so many job offers. And I was like, why am I in college if I am literally I can just go work? I can go live my life. I'm not even learning anything valuable in college and I'm paying for it. I got scholarships, but not enough to completely take care of my college experience. So I was paying for it as well. Um so at the end of 2019, that's when I decided to drop out. And at the beginning of 2020, I ended up quitting my job that I was working at the time. I was working at an influencer marketing agency and I was working at Warner Music. And I quit the influencer marketing agency because I was sexually harassed by my boss. Um, I was When I was an intern there, he started texting me in the middle of the night asking if he could pay me to come over, pay me a thousand dollars to come over. Uh, and there was just all kinds of other messy things that happened in that job. And at, at a certain point, I was just done. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't put myself through that anymore. Um, and I, I had no time to work on the things that I wanted to do. At that point, I was like, I I am going to do social media. I'm going to take it seriously is when TikTok first started. And I was like, ready. Then the pandemic hit at, in 2020. I had no job. I was completely out of school and ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me because that's when I started going viral on TikTok and growing exponentially. 
And within four months of quitting that job and dropping out, I was flying out to LA for the first time to interview for a content house, which if you follow me on social media, oh Lord, that's going to, I, that's going to be a whole nother podcast. I moved to LA officially in August of 2020 straight into the content house. And I don't want to get too much into that portion of my life in this episode because I'm going to do a full other episode just on that because there is so much to it but today I'm just going to generalize so I thought that this was like the moment this was my breaking point it's going to be the best year of my life it was not it was the worst um I was groomed into having an eating disorder I was isolated um by the end of me living there I was sexually assaulted I was raped I was exploited for free labor. I was picked apart every single day. And I literally had nowhere to go because when I had decided when I turned 18 that I was never going back home. I was never going to move back home. That was not a healthy environment for me either. And I didn't. My parents had no idea how to handle the situation. So instead of making me feel safe or creating a safe space for me. They approached the issue with aggressive anger and it literally just pushed me farther away from them and closer to this person who was consistently abusing me. And then, you know, my only safe space was my boyfriend at the time, but we broke up six months in and then I was completely alone and isolated completely. And what I mean when I say isolated is I was not allowed to leave the house without my manager or without permission. I also did not have a car. And when I did get a car, he wrecked it three days into me owning it. So then I was even more trapped um, financially and physically. I um, basically was attached at the hip to this person to this manager, it was my manager. And um, everything felt so, everything just felt so out of place and I couldn't understand what was happening. So I just assumed it was me. I just assumed that I was the problem. That was how I grew up. That was how my life was up till that point. I had none of the tools to be successful in my life or to know what was happening. And so it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And when I finally did leave that house, I was 40 pounds lighter and emotionally the lowest point that I had ever been in my life. I didn't even realize that I had been sexually assaulted until a few weeks after I left that house because I was so disassociated. I started therapy when I left, and this was in November 2020, 2021, um, so I was basically there for a little over a year. When I started therapy, I was immediately diagnosed with complex PTSD, disassociation disorder, anorexia, Stockholm syndrome, anxiety, depression. I started having panic attacks frequently where I would vomit from the nausea. And I remember there was this moment. Um, when I left the house, I had nowhere to go. I 
bounced around from my parents' house, which was extremely toxic. My parents are now getting a divorce at the time. They were not. Um, and my ex-boyfriend's house, who was my saving grace at the time. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And there was this moment that I was sitting on the floor of my childhood bedroom in the basement. And it was dark outside, but I remember thinking that it was darker inside of me and I could not find a reason to be alive anymore I didn't have one I had no money I had no friends I had no home I had a tainted career my body felt like it was taken from me the the ownership of my body was taken from me and I felt like it was just over and I, I can see that moment so clearly because I was so low. I was so low. That was, it was the rock bottom for me. And I saw this visual of a ladder in that moment. And I heard down or up. It was my choice. Being a human is all about choices. My whole life, I was so angry about my circumstances. I hated my childhood. I hated how restricted I was. I hated how poor I was when I left. I hated that even when I was working so hard, I was taken advantage of. And I had no way of protecting myself because I was not set up for success. That anger drove me. But at that point, I was so defeated. I literally had no energy left to even be angry anymore. But in that moment, I found a tiny bit of energy and the will to keep fighting. And I, in that moment when I saw the ladder and I heard down or up, I decided it was up. Like I, I, it makes me emotional now because it was so vivid. It was so real. Like I literally saw the two paths in front of me and it was down or up. And I don't know how, but I chose up and I decided to fight for myself for really the first time in my life in a different way, in a way that was healthy for me, in a way that I was going to heal and I was never going to let people treat me 
the way that I had been treated my whole life ever again. I was done. So in January 2022, a month later, I moved into this apartment, my dream apartment, with literally no money. <laughs> I spent every last dollar just paying the, fir the first month's rent. And I moved in here with nothing but clothes. And I did not have a bed. I slept on an air mattress. I had nothing for a kitchen. I had lived in a convent house. Like I didn't have anything to live in a house anymore. I, I, I had no couch, no food, and no idea how I was going to pay the next month's rent. Luckily, when I moved in here, it was like, you get a month free. So I paid the first month's rent and then I had a whole nother month to get it together because I don't know how I was going to pull that off if I didn't. One of the things that my ex-manager would always tell me in the content house was that, was that I would never make money on my own or be able to live in LA by myself and afford it. But in less than 365 days since I left the content house, I made over five times the amount of income that I made in the house. I built four businesses. I managed five women who worked under me. I sold out two drops of my own clothing, this clothing drop that I did in 24 hours. I walked my first runway six months after I was raped. I was paid to speak on panels across the country and in Europe. I signed some of the biggest contracts I've ever signed with some of the biggest brands that we have. And better than all of that, I began to heal for the first time in my life. This is an extremely condensed version of my story, but it's the great, it's, it's my biggest dream, the biggest dream that I have held onto the past year and a half because it's only been a year and a half since I left that house and the biggest dream that I've held on to is that my story would help someone else who may be experiencing the same type of trauma that I was experiencing that I went through or just someone who needs to have a little bit of hope because I got to the point where I was like where is the hope where is it how did I get here? I All I ever wanted was to be good. I spent so much time just trying so hard to be good, but I, it was just so, it was completely taken advantage of. I was completely taken advantage of. And no one, no one thought I was going to make it this far after everything that happened. And I feel like I haven't even started. I feel like this is the start because I've spent the past year and a half doing everything in my power to heal. And I have become the person that I have always wanted to be and more than that. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because I'm so proud of myself for pulling my together and pulling myself out of that. And this podcast is a way that I can share what I did to heal and to be a place where other people can share how they're healing or even just feel comforted. So this was obviously an extremely condensed version and just kind of like a timeline of, of my past. But 
we're going to get so much more into it as these episodes go on. Like I just wanted to kind of do a little get to know me. And I actually posted a questionnaire on my story asking basically ask anything, ask me all the deepest, darkest, whatever you want. And a lot of people sent in some questions. So I'm going to go through and answer some of them. Um, someone asked if I've ever had an addiction. Yeah, a hundred percent. I was extremely addicted to not eating and I didn't know this. I learned this in therapy, but when you go through, um, starvation, there is an adrenaline or like an endorphin that gets released in your body. Like some sort of chemical is released in your brain. And in my messed up head, after being groomed into getting and into being anorexic, I was literally groomed, which I will get into in another episode. I would feel disgustingly proud of myself for getting to that point of not eating. Ugh. It was, and I can I can say that now because I I have literally worked so hard to get out of that. I eat eighty grams of protein a day. I eat three meals plus snacks. I have never had a healthier relationship with food in my life. But I was extremely addicted to not eating. Um, I want to talk more about that in another episode. All right, what's, what's the next question? Um, how do you truly not take mean people personally? And how do you maintain confidence? There's, this is such... This, this, answer this fully would be a whole another podcast. Maybe that's an idea for another episode, but you can't, you can't look at this from the perspective of like, how do I not take someone else's words personally? You have to look at it like the only way you can protect yourself is by being so internally self confident like confident in who you are be so in love with yourself that it doesn't matter what somebody else says because you just know it's not true I heard this analogy and I love it it was like if someone came up to me and was like you have the stupidest blue hair that I've ever seen in my freaking life your blue hair is so ugly you look so bad with blue hair would I be offended by that no, because I don't have blue hair. My hair is brown. So it's like looking at that from the same perspective. Someone calls you stupid. They're like, you're so dumb. You are so stupid. You do. You are not intelligent at all. It's like yeah, you can literally internalize that and be like, oh, my God, I'm dumb. I'm not smart. I'm stupid, which had happened to me a lot in the past. Or, you know, in yourself, you're like, <laughs> why would I care what that person has to say? I know myself. I'm the one who has to live with myself every day. I know how smart I am. I know where I'm going. And it doesn't matter what this person has to say to me because it's genuinely irrelevant. The only opinion that matters is mine. And that is my greatest piece of advice for getting through people being mean to you because as you can be like the most beautiful, the most talented, the most successful, the most nice person in the entire world and people will still find some mean to say, especially in a job like mine. I put myself out there on the internet every day. You think that I am going, I put stuff out there and I don't have people attacking me no matter what I post. It doesn't matter. 
that their opinion does not matter. The only person's opinion that matters is mine. And the only person's opinion that matters about you is yours. And obviously, when we have good relationships with people and we have a space where we can be vulnerable and trust and have deep conversations, there is an opportunity to always constantly grow and take constructive criticism. But we know when something is actually when someone is genuinely being mean to you and insulting you and when somebody is trying to offer you a way up for you to grow they're very different things um how do you maintain confidence was the second part of that that's such a good question i literally faked confidence for so long i know that's such a generic piece of advice everyone's like fake it till you make it but like so so true. I was not a confident person literally my whole life up until this past year when I like truly, truly started to heal and work on myself and know my value and understand my worth. But I faked it. For, you, anyone who would have met me in my life would have thought I was the most confident person in the world. And I wasn't, not at all. But it really is like <laughs> the way that per people perceive you like act how you want to be whoever you want to be just act like that i do that shit all the time i literally acted like that when i had five thousand followers on instagram people like you're crazy i didn't give up i literally did not care because i knew exactly who i wanted to be and and i just acted like her and it like literally worked. I'm living proof. And there's so many other people who talk about this all the time. That's why we know. That's why we've heard it so many times because it's so true. It really is so true. Um, Someone said, how did you know you were by asking for a friend? <laughs> so yeah, I didn't mention that in this episode. If you don't follow me, yeah, I'm, I am, I guess I'm bisexual. I, I've, I've been confused by terms in the past. I'm like, well, maybe I'm pansexual. Maybe I'm this. I'm queer. Whatever the hell that means. My, you know what I am? I like people for who they are, not based on their gender. It's just how I am. Like, I, I've liked a multiple multitude of different people. But honestly, when I knew I liked women was when I was around 16. And I would, like, rent DVDs from the library because I didn't have wi-fi and also when I did have wi-fi my parents restricted my access so like I literally got it for like an hour a day it was very it was kind of messed up um but I rented these dvds from the library and I didn't realize that they were like ro a romance between a girl and a girl I literally burned a hole through those discs okay I watched them so many times so many times and I literally I, at the time I was very Christian and I was raised on the mindset of like gay is bad and gay is a sin and so I was like oh my god like this is not real like I just like I think I just like kissing not two girls kissing like whatever like I just want to watch people kiss it's not about them being girls or whatever no it was it it was and um I that was like kind of like my first experience and then when I was in college I had a boyfriend and when we broke up I was like this is the time. This is the time that I find out, am I actually into girls or is this a fantasy? And then I did find out and then I knew for sure. She likes girls. Um, next question. <laughs> There's so many questions about me being bi. <laughs> How to feel sexy if I can't lose weight? Let me tell you something. I have lost 50 pounds and give or take because I've gained weight, thankfully. Um, and my confidence was absolutely never changed by my weight. 
I posted about this for the first time a few days ago, and I was really, really nervous to talk about it just because people, because I'm skinny, and people really don't like when skinny people talk about their bodies in a negative way, and I understand that. Um, but body positivity is for everybody. And trust me, if you do not love yourself at the place that you are right now with your body, that's not going to change with how much weight you lose. I am a living, breathing testimony to that. It didn't matter when I got down to 95 pounds. I still felt like I needed to lose more weight. I still felt like it wasn't enough because I was searching for something that I was not going to find by changing the way that I looked. It is all, it is all how you feel about yourself. And remember something, we are not our bodies. Our bodies are this one time capsuled thing that our souls live in for a short period of time. And we only get one of them. And it is genuinely the least important thing about you, what your body looks like. And our society loves to put like the biggest emphasis on it. And I totally understand pretty privilege is such a thing. I am not discounting that reality at all, but I am telling you that things do not change when your body changes, if you do not fix what's going on in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, it is all about finding that self-love within you because it is there. And we're just taught not, we're just not taught how to access it. And so we have to do all of that work for ourselves, but I hope that helps. And I, I just feel so excited and grateful and blessed to have finally started this podcast after it feels like the world's longest journey to get here. It feels like so much of my life has led up to this point. And I just feel like this is going to change things in a big way. And I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity to even be sitting here in my bed, in my beautiful, amazing apartment, in bed with Maddie Webb. Here we are, people. <laughs> you can literally email me questions anytime. I made a whole email for this podcast. It's called inbedpodcast at maddiebweb.com. And I'm going to be posting the topics of upcoming pods, um, podcasts on my threads, on my Instagram, probably on my TikTok, but I would say like threads and Instagram. So make sure you're following there and you can like comment any questions, um, DM me, email me, threads me, whatever. But I'm going to be posting the topics before I record them so that I can like have more questions to answer on the next pod. But wow, I can't believe it. The first episode is done. I'm so glad if you watched all the way to the end. Thank you. I love you. I'm grateful for you. And I really hope that this continues to be a healing experience for all of us. Bye. Do, 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 do. 